Hey, good morning to you. A happy Wednesday. I'm Bruce. He's DJ Cheese. And Wendy Snyder yeah. is playing the part of Judy Pilak today. Good Hello. morning. How nice. are you? Wendy, it's great to have you in studio with us. Nice to be back. Outstanding. I'm glad that you could be here with us. Uh, I'm nicer than Judy. <laughs> <laughs> she would admit to that. Yeah, okay, That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. That's true. Again, yeah. Judy is... Uh, uh, what is it? It is 5.35 a.m., but she may literally be sitting on a beach at this moment uh, somewhere. So she's on vacation. With a drink in her hand and her mask on. Yeah. <laughs> sitting toes in the water. You think she cut a hole in the mask to put the little curly cue straw through it? <laughs> you know it. So she could sit on the beach. I could see that. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't sadly. either. I would uh, tell you that would probably come right in there. Um, well, great. It's good to have you in here. We're going to have some interesting conversations today, run through some of the news of the day. And one of the first things I saw was um, an interesting, um, I don't know if it's, I would call it a debate or not. Listen, policing, uh, how we police, uh, police regulation, it's the talk. Not just because of the, the Chauvin trial as well, but obviously we've had some issues in Chicago. So a new study from the University of Chicago Crime Lab came out with some pretty interesting statistics and i'm i'm going to try to make sense of them what they came up with is which is better which is better more police or my more body cameras on the police we have which reduces police use of force incidents which reduces civilian complaints which reduce lawsuits that the city has to pay out. Yeah. More cops or more cameras? Well, one's better for one person and one's better for the other. Well, you say that. The more the more cameras are better for the cops and for the city because they don't have to pay out as much because they have the evidence, evidence. on their chest. Less cops on the street mean more people are going to get carjacked, more people are going to get shot. More places are going to well, We're not robbed. talking about taking cops away, but they're just saying, do you want to hire more police? Yes. Or do you want to put more cameras on police? It sounds like cameras, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think you're looking at it from one way only, Cheese. Okay. All the studies, and I've seen this before, because when, when body cams became a thing, you know, were they going to have it? Were they not going to have it? Which police departments have it? Which didn't? Do all the cops have it? Only some of the cops have it. Are the cameras on? Are they turned off? Are they automatic? All this. We've been going around and around on this. Everybody acts better when there's a camera present. Oh, totally. Everybody behaves differently when they know they're being filmed. The police officer behaves differently. True. Mm -hmm. And the suspect civilian person being arrested, whatever. The perp. Go ahead. The say perp it. perp. Well, you say that. But behaves. Be but not not all oh, the yeah, time. Okay, but as as you know, kind of, yeah. you know, when you're looking at a large group of people, everyone behaves a little bit better when they know there's a video evidence of whatever is going on there. So if you're if your goal is to reduce all of these million dollar settlements for uh, roughing somebody up or uh, misidentifying somebody or whatever the cameras actually save the city money and i mean a lot of money hmm. 
Has he changed your mind at all? No. Because <laughs> I guess you can make it. More cops without cameras just leads to more lawsuits. <laughs> I don't care about lawsuits. I would rather I, I be... I pay for them. What are you talking about? I, I care. would rather be safe on Cops the street. pay for the lawsuits. I pay for it. Then have a cop with a camera two miles away doing something else and then having another cop that's by me where I'm getting carjacked. Why can't there be both? Yeah, cameras are cheap now. Come on. Regular use of body cam cuts the number of times police use their guns by 9.6% and reduces civilian claims... By 16.9%. The argument is where you have police departments saying we can't afford all these cameras. The cameras pay for themselves on about a five to one ratio in a reduction in complaints that the city ends up paying out. In other words, complaints where the civilian has a decent argument, i.e. we would lose this in court. Yeah. I mean, the, the city doesn't pay out everybody that goes, hey, that cop was mean to me, right? Yeah. There has to be some evidence of some sort. There has to be some wrongdoing. There has to be somebody didn't follow a procedure, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. Hmm. So should we have more cameras? Because, again, I listen, when you talk about the millions the millions of dollars. When people are like, we don't have enough money for police. You know one of the reasons we don't have enough money for police? We're paying out millions of dollars in settlements when police officers, again, don't follow procedure, do something wrong. They're human. They make mistakes. I'm, you know, I get it. But you and I pay that. The cops don't pay that. It's not coming out of their salary. It comes out of, it's the city pays yeah. for it. In the heat of the moment, though, I don't think cameras matter. You say people act better when they're on camera. I think in the heat of the moment... That doesn't matter. Hey, and to go against your argument you, just a bit? If someone's shooting well, at you, I can imagine, like, who cares yeah. if there's a camera involved? Right. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like a criminal goes into a jewelry store and knows there's cameras, so he uses a glass cutter to get into the, the jewelry case. Mm-hmm. No, he uses it as hammer and smashes it. I mean. And people act differently when there's a camera on them or when there's a police officer present as well. You know, I hate driving down the expressway and you see a cop. It's like all of a sudden, oh my god! Everybody uh, acts better. (laughs) Yes. All of a sudden, you're all of a sudden you're a student driver again. uh Ten and two, baby. You've got you've got your window down. You're doing arm signals. You know, you're doing left turn, right turn, stop. You know, just in case the cop. You know, you you tend to act better. You do. I mean, and and again, and, and listen. Are there are there criminals that no camera? Of course, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. It didn't reduce it a hundred percent. It reduced complaints seventeen percent. You know what I'm saying? But that seventeen percent times tens of millions of dollars a year in payouts, all of a sudden starts to add up to some real money. Yeah, I just think in this day and age, with cameras being so cheap, everything's you know cheaper now. It's not like body cameras are. Eighty thousand dollars. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Prices on everything's coming like down. Things are smaller. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right? You can have both. Take some money that was for something else, buy body cameras and hire extra cops. I know and, and I know it's a debate. I know it sounds easier, no, no, obviously easier and said. It's than a bit that. of a debate even with police officers. Because I know some cops who love love the body cam. I know cops that don't like the body cam. Yeah. yeah. I would always be suspicious of a cop that doesn't like the body cam. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. I'm a little suspicious. Like, I don't want a camera watching me. Why? What are you doing? Mm. It's the old art. If you're not doing anything wrong, 
Exactly. <laughs> right? Afraid of, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, that's okay for me, not okay for you? If you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Because my, I, have a, I have a friend that's a, a sheriff's deputy and uh, had the camera, all that, you know. And, and he said, I can't tell you how many times it saved me. Not my life. It saved me from getting in trouble. Yeah. It saved me from internal investigations. It saved me from being the defendant in a lawsuit where he goes, no. He goes, they're criminals for a reason. You know, all cops will tell you that. They're criminals for a reason. Yeah. And he goes, it struck me that they would come up with stories. I'd pull them over for speeding. And five days later, you know, my boss called me in and go, uh, this guy said, you know, you threw him on the hood of the car, you pointed a gun at him, this, that, and the other. Go, really? Yeah, I would have remembered that. Yeah. Let's go to the videotape. Check the tape. You go yeah, to the videotape and it's go. like, hello, sir, can I see your driver's license? Thank you. Here's your ticket. You want to sign here? All right. And they go, they go, well, that is not what it happened. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And so the city, I mean, he goes, I love it because it's not he said, she said. It's I said, the camera said, and then what you said. Most cops doing the right thing wouldn't have Absol a problem with it. Absolutely. But it's an interesting study. It says the ca the cameras pay for themselves, one. So if you're a city and you're tired of paying out these settlements, they say it's a five-to-one ratio. The cameras pay for themselves. Well, there you go. Easily. Easily. Buy the cameras. They pay for themselves. Then hire extra cops. Then you would have more money to Boom. hire extra cops. That's right? the solution. There, there you go. go. You'd even have more money sitting around that you weren't paying out for all these stupid lawsuits, yeah. one after another. Because, again, we pay the lawsuit. You, you pay it. Yeah. You know, people always say, all right, well, sure, no, no. what about the, all these lawsuits? Oh, I'm okay with those. Well, I'm not. I'm not okay with any of it. <laughs> I'm not okay with anybody wasting money. You know, we pay enough of it around here. Yeah. We get soaked enough. We got enough people with their hands in your pocket, for God's sakes. I don't need to be paying out lawsuits hand over fist as well. And if cameras reduce those, put a camera on every cop there is. Absolutely. We could have to start having civilians wear them too. How's that? Well, Ooh, wear them yeah, too. there we go. Well, that's like people re recording the police. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the and flip side. And they should be able to. And you can by law, even if it pisses cops off. There's cameras. Cops yeah. off. There's <laughs> cameras even if it pisses cops off. Wendy Snyder is in for Judy Pie today, nice. and it's wonderful to have you in here. Hey, do you, you have a dog? Yes, I do. Cujo. Kona. 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 God, I forgot his name. <laughs> Cujo. <laughs> I went with Cujo. Yeah. Jeez, you don't have any pets, do you? Uh, not anymore, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he can be trusted. And I had a, I had a plant once. So A silk one or real? I didn't water it for like five years and it was okay, so I'm starting to think it was a fake one. A fake, yeah. I'm starting to think. Wait, you never have had a dog ever? Come on. A little bitty kid. Wow, okay. Yeah, not, not a dog person, apparently. You seem like more like a cat person. We're going to get into that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that was a compliment, by the way. But the first, <laughs> the first dog. Hey, there you go. The first, is it called the first dog? Yes. Yeah. President Biden's dog, the first dog got a bit of a problem. One of, a, one of the dogs. Bit of a biter, apparently. Mm -hmm. Dig into that next on 890 WLS. Happy Wednesday. It's Bruce, Wendy, Woo! and Cheese. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, as I look around the room here, Wendy, you are the dog owner. Mm -hmm. Kona. Yes. We've identified. Not Cujo. No. Got it. Named <laughs> after the coffee or the marijuana? Wow. Just Hawaii. 
Kona, okay. Hawaii. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Well, I, I did I take I that in the wrong really direction? Hoping, yeah, yeah. You, of course you went My dark bad. on that. <laughs> um, our first dog Maui Wowie died. <laughs> <laughs> Probably from embarrassment. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but President Biden's dog, the dog's name is Major. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this dog, the the first dog, mm-hmm. right? We've heard his first dog. Apparently, has a bit of a a, a nipping problem. The dog has been biting people around the White House. Does your dig that? Oh, yeah, dig it. Oh. I thought you said your dog did not bite. That is not my dog. It's <laughs> <laughs> an actual clip from the White House. Yeah, yeah. it is not my dog. <laughs> First off, the dog. First off, major. Major, right? Major Biden. The guys, the dog's got to have an attitude problem. Yo, so you think being the a, first dog and the first and dog named Major on helicopters? Yeah. You know that Poupon. dog's got an attitude yeah. problem. Man. Okay, Watch he was other adopted. Dogs. He was adopted three years ago by the Bidens. Their other dog is Champ. They both got attitude problems. Um, <laughs> it appears that some people like Major. But but I, I Biden was awful specific <laughs> about who likes and doesn't like this dog. He said eighty five percent of the people at the White House love this dog. Like we did a poll. Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. Gallup came in to go, okay, here's your approval rating, here's the people that like major, here's the like wait, hold on a second. We you did a poll? Yeah, we we pulled the whole staff. Eighty five percent. Which leads me to believe that major has bit fifteen percent of the people in the White House. <laughs> That's yeah. Why would you have a negative opinion of the dog? Some people don't like dogs, and some people are afraid of dogs, and Major's kind of big, and dogs can see that. They do sense fear, yeah. don't they? Dogs can sense, they're like sharks, right? With blood in the water, they can sense it. And if you're if you're hesitant or jumpy around a dog, like they know, they go for the jugular. And this dog was living in their home, what, in Delaware, and now it's like the White House, it's different location got an attitude well all of a sudden there are strangers everywhere That's i could true. see where he would be a little scared really how does kona act around strangers he would bark at them okay okay he wouldn't bite them i what? i, I You're guess sure? there is you a think, no or? he doesn't he doesn't bite okay you know if someone was attacking me you know, I think that would happen. Was you anyone hope? attacking Joe Biden when this happened? <laughs> is it, the Secret Service is a little too close to him, and the dog keeps running up and biting the Secret Ooh, Service. You know, yeah. like maybe it's very, maybe it's a very defensive dog. I don't know. So, anyway. so what do you do usually if you have a dog at your home that and bites? it bites somebody? You what, pull put its a teeth muzzle out on or? it. I don't know, pull its teeth out for the <laughs> love of God. No, but sometimes <laughs> you have to get rid of them or put them down if they Whoa! bit your if they bit Whoa! your kid. Well, yeah, no, if they bit a kid and he, you know, yeah, I mean you can't. Oh, we went right to good. Yeah, night. we right? went to. Putting them to sleep. If it bites your child, yeah, there's kind of a problem Let's there. Let's keep kids out of the White House in the short term. No kidding, man. Major Easter egg out, roll. Don't, don't, a, don't let Major out there. I don't want to have to execute the first dog, for goodness sakes. <laughs> that would be just, anyway. Although so. the hashtag is Major Biden, not Major Biden. Got it. Major oh. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
it's it's never ending. Manger is not our criminal of the uh, Okay, but we do we do have one for you. I'm going to give a shout out to a Jordan Evans of Lincoln, Nebraska, who is either the dumbest person in Lincoln or the bestest friend in Lincoln, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Jordan stole a front end loader from a construction site and drove it to a local hospital. <laughs> Drunk. <laughs> Of course. With his injured buddy lying in the bucket. <laughs> Police became suspicious when the construction vehicle was found blocking the emergency room entrance. Oops. With an open bottle of alcohol in the cab and a, quote, obviously inebriated Mr. Evans standing there. Oh, you put the open alcohol in the bucket with your friend. Yeah. And if you think he's new to this, you'd be wrong. Uh -oh. Apparently, Jordan is rather well known to local authorities as this was his fourth DUI arrest. And he was currently driving the bulldozer while under a 15-year driver's license revocation. Wow. So there's that. Wow. Right. Do you need a license to drive yeah. a front-end loader? Apparently you do. So mm. for combining a Bob mm. the Builder. Not house. For, for combining <laughs> Bob <laughs> the Builder, Jack Daniels. Yeah. And Doogie Hauser, <laughs> wow. You, Jordan Evans, are our criminal of the day. All criminals, all suspects are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they might be. You damn kids are ruining everything. I know it's early in the morning, but get the hell off my lawn. Yeah. We're going to tell you why the kids are <laughs> screwing it up. Coming up next on 890 WLS. Hey, good morning to you. Happy Wednesday. We're going to jump right into the 6 o'clock hour, looking at the big three stories out there. Cheese, what are you kicking it off with? UCLA upsets number one Michigan last night to Whoa. advance to the final four. All right. Wendy, what do you got? Two brothers uh, going against Father Flager. More on that coming up. All right. And football. Yeah. We may have fans in the stands, they say, for the NFL and an extra game coming up this season. Nice. 17 games. All right. Um, so apparently it's you damn kids that are ruining everything. We have, um, so we were having this kind of reopen. What do they call it? A bridge? Do you remember that? We were going from, don't make me start with colors, numbers, phases, letters. <laughs> we were moving from one phase to another phase. Is it five is normal? We're at four. Hmm. And they said, we're not ready to go to five. We have a bridge to five. So we're at 4.5. Well, now we're going back to four, basically. Hmm. We're going the other direction. Reopening plans are being pushed back because uh, COVID infections, uh, hospitalizations rose again, whenever they use the metrics. Uh, so this intermediate reopening plan they're putting the brakes on it why is that because the numbers are going up yeah hospitalizations are up as well as the number of cases aren't the vaccines working well apparently not not enough, <laughs> <laughs> not enough. uh the count has risen almost daily Jeez. uh march 12th was the lowest we'd had in, it was the one-year low. And since then, it's been ticking up every single day. March 12th was like the tipping point. And that's a year ago exactly that that Just happened about, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So they're pulling back on the reopening, if uh, you will. We're not going back in the hole. Yeah. We're not going back in the hole. 
Um, mm. But where is this being driven by? Mayor Lightfoot thinks she knows the culprits. <laughs> she called Dang. out by neighborhood. Man. I mean, she did everything but God, yeah, the, yeah, the guy at yeah. 128. Right, yes, addresses. I, mean, like, I was like, wow, we are getting specific. Zeroing it's, in. It's you people. Wow. It's you damn kids. It is young adults, specifically in those four neighborhoods. Well, they, Lincoln they, Park, Old Town, Dunning, and Portage Park, where they are saying they've been out and about, going to bars, hmm. hanging out in the clubs, sporting events. Yeah. I don't know what sporting events you're, you're going to. March Madness. And that this is where the uptick is. Hipsters. Yeah. Exactly. A lot, a lot, a lot of beers. Yeah, those neighborhoods uh, full of bars, they're hipsters. Yeah. And you typically know? 18 to 39 don't have terrible cases of COVID. Your mileage may vary, of course. Yes, they are less susceptible to hospitalization yes. and or death, death. Uh, but not immune from it. Right. Um, I think part of the the issue is... You've told that group. The news started coming out. Happy days are here again. Yeah. Uh, vaccines, get, like you just said, Wendy, the vaccine's getting out. Yeah. Things are, are we've turned a corner. Right. Like how many of these euphemisms have you heard? And these people, the younger people who are the ones who are maybe more active to begin with. I say younger, you know, 18 to 39, she yeah. said. That's a pretty broad group. Yeah. You, you know, the 18 year olds and 39 year olds don't have a ton in common. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's a pretty broad group. But for the most part, they were all like standing at the front door of their apartment in a runner stance, had their feet in the blocks. And when they went, hey, we're opening up the bars. Damn, they didn't even get out. to the ass yeah. in bars. And they were they were in a sprint. They were Usain Bolton down the street so they could go hang out and have uh, some brewskis with their boys. But are they wearing masks? But you can't. If you're out in a bar, are you wearing a mask? Yes. You are? Yeah. I, How do I, you drink through the mask? You pull it down to take your drink. You I, think that's what's happening? I, was, I just got home from Nashville. I think I was the only one wearing a mask in the so, bar. So, for example, and traveling is part of it, where people are, are out and about. What when We had the number the other day. The, the TSA said they had their... Travel is up like 1,000%. Biggest travel days in a year. Pre-pandemic. And back to pre-pandemic levels. Yeah. I am shocked at that. Really? I am not ready to get on a plane. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah. I think I'm... I think I think I've flown thirty five thousand miles this year already. Jeez. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I have my uh, it's on the app. I'm, I'm trying to get platinum pro status. Yes. You know, I'm working on it. Well, the yeah. first time I worked with you, I went and got a COVID test afterwards right, because, because you, you had I was been, a carrier. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because all I do is fly. <laughs> yeah, all I do is fly. A lot. A lot. A lot. Um, how are you going to? Think about this group. How are you going to get them to go back inside? How, how are you going to get them to stop going to bars? How are you going to get them to not go out on Friday or Saturday night? Have you seen what Friday and Saturday nights look like in the city? Yeah. Are there friendly people walking around? It's packed. Good. The, str- well, the streets good, are yes. packed. There's people everywhere. Like, people are out. 
How are you going to get them to go back? I just don't see how you get them to go back and go go back inside and and wait. And we're almost there. Like I hear all that. I hear it. I just don't think people are going to listen. Well, what happens when they say bars are closed right, again? That's the only way. Restaurants are closed again. You can do takeout and delivery. Everything's closed again. Oh. Shelter in place. Oh, God. right. But here's the problem. So you say that. Mm -hmm. And I hear you loud and clear. And God knows maybe that's where they're headed. Who knows? Anybody that can predict the future these days deserves a medal. No yeah. kidding. Right? Because I can't predict tomorrow. I'll go to Texas. I'll go to Nashville. Yeah. I'll go to Florida. I'll just go somewhere where they, quote, don't have COVID, unquote. And everything's open. And I can do whatever the hell I want. And then I just come back here. And then numbers go up I again. Go, I can go to I can go to Indiana. I, I can I can drive an hour and a half for God's sakes. I don't need to play by your stupid rules. Yeah. And then we'll be playing the Lightfoot cut where she's like that guy with the Bushwood Country Club hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's causing He's the COVID the yes. uptick right now. Yeah. She'll get down to specific addresses. Yeah. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there like, well, did she just call me out? <laughs> Put me on Front Street. <laughs> The mayor, really? I'm the reason? Yep. I'm the reason? Bruce St. James is the reason. Oh, God. That'd but be I great did. news, though. Great radio. Oh, I'm glad right? you think it'd be a good idea. We can't even get her to talk to us. I don't think she's going to start crap talking me, you know? You never know. I think you could take her, though. She's like 4'11". We've identified that she <laughs> I is... I don't think he would do that. She is possibly <laughs> the only person... In the city of Chicago, the cheese can dunk on. We yes. come up with it. We think <laughs> that literally adults. I mean, yeah, there are some kids oh, right. smaller than you. I've seen a few get, yeah. eight and nine-year-olds, yeah, that the don't come up to your level. The only adult I could dunk on, The yeah. only adult <laughs> I could take her. in the entire city that you could absolutely Mom, Mayor Lightfoot, me and you, one-on-one. One-on-one. No, on one. Yeah, come on. We can you play little hoops. Well, I didn't realize you. why you were being such a tough talker to her. Yeah, but exactly. yeah. Thanks for explaining that, Bruce. Now when you put it back to back. I take her. Now you put it back to back. I take her. Yeah. He doesn't say that about a lot of people, right. Wendy. He does not say that about a lot of people. <laughs> Yesterday was day two of the uh, Derek Chauvin trial. We have ABC News' Mark Remillard going to join us next with exactly what went on and what's coming up today. Some pretty dramatic testimony yesterday. We'll recap it for you next on 890 WLS. Hey, good morning and happy Wednesday to you. It's Bruce, Wendy, and Cheese with you today. And joining us uh, live from Minneapolis, Minnesota, ABC News correspondent Mark Remillard, who's covering the Derek Chauvin trial. Mark, good morning again. Hey, good morning, Bruce. Uh, yesterday um, seemed like some pretty dramatic testimony, some uh, heated moments. Is that a good way to describe what happened in the courtroom? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've seen some emotional moments from some of the witnesses, uh, particularly, uh, for example, there was a, a woman named Darnella Frazier who testified who was uh, the woman who took that now infamous nine or ten minute video of Chauvin with his knee on Floyd's neck. And she was very emotional when she had to say that she felt like she was helpless that she's had to stay up nights because she uh, apologizes in her mind to George Floyd for not being able to do more or physically interacting to help save his life, so uh, expressing some guilt there. But there were also some very 
uh, testy moments between uh, the the defense attorney and their cross examination of some of the witnesses. So uh, some of the there were four minor witnesses who testified, and and the the defense didn't even cross examine two of when them. You, when I you say minor, were, you you mean children? Yeah. So okay. uh, so yeah, there two of them. So there were four minors at the time of the incident. Two of them are now eighteen years old. Darnella Frazier, the girl who took the video, and a woman named Alyssa Funari. She was also a witness to the incident. They're now eighteen, but one of them, uh, Darnella's uh, cousin, Judea Reynolds, is only nine years old. Um, and there's another girl wow. named Kaylin Gilbert who's seventeen now. So. Um, so they had them testify, and they were just witnesses, and they talked about what they saw. They talked about how disturbing it was to see, you know, what they thought was the officers killing George Floyd. So that was that was kind of uh, the encapsulating view of these four witnesses. But things were testy at times between uh, the first witness of the day, which was Donald Williams. He continued uh, the testimony um, uh, from the end of day one, and he was a witness to the scene, but he's also somebody with wrestling experience and MMA experience, and so... Uh, the defense attorney sought to challenge his expertise on that. They he tried to seemingly tried to get him to trip up on what you know the different types of chokeholds and the purposes, whether or not you're doing a an air choke where you're cutting off oxygen, or whether or not you're doing a blood choke where you're cutting off blood circulation to the bl- brain and those kinds of things. Um, but it especially got testy at the end of the day with uh, a woman named Genevieve Hansen, who is an off-duty firefighter who happened upon the scene. She wasn't working that day. And she says she walked up. She saw what was happening. She saw Chauvin with his knee on Floyd's neck, and she said Floyd's face was puffy uh, and swollen, and she said he was in an altered state of consciousness that she knew immediately, as she said, that he needed medical attention, and she tried to, she identified herself. I'm a firefighter. I can help. Let me let me help this guy. And she says that Officer Tao, who's charged and will be facing trial later this year, she said he continually blocked her way and that Chauvin seemed perfectly comfortable in his position on George Floyd. The defense, uh, things got pretty heated because uh, the defense first started challenging her assumption that the paramedics were not called. Uh, Nelson saying, how would you know? How would you know that the paramedics weren't called? Well, she kept saying, well, it took forever for them to get there. That was an extremely unusual amount of time that it took for paramedics to arrive. Uh, She said, uh, uh, Nelson was asking Hanson, how come you kept growing more angry? She could see in video you were uh, yelling at the officers, and she basically said, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone be killed, but it's pretty upsetting. Uh, and eventually the judge ended up, the day ended with the judge telling her that she needs to not argue with the lawyers. Uh, so it got. And admonishing pretty, uh, the witness, in other words. Yeah, yeah, oh. it got pretty heated um, uh, between her and Nelson. And I think it was pretty obvious right from the start. She just didn't appreciate his line of questioning. You know, he asked her one question about, like, she's a firefighter and he's you know they, they've been kind of playing up this angle of distraction for the officers that the crowd that was surrounding the officers in the incident uh were yelling at them and that may have led to some distraction it took their attention away from george floyd you know i don't know that that absolves them of any wrongdoing i don't know what, how effective that line of defense is right but either way they're starting to they've been playing up that angle of distraction and so you know Han, uh, nelson was asking hansen you know, when you're fighting a fire, has anyone ever come up to you and started yelling at you and ask, and telling you that you're doing it wrong? And she's like, no, that's never happened. Have you ever had crowds yelling at you? Or if someone was yelling at, yelling at you, would that distract you from what you're doing? And, she's, and she repeatedly said, no, I'm confident in my training and my ability to do my job. Mm. 
Interesting. I, Mark, we really appreciate your insight into this. We're going to be checking in with you regularly regarding the Derek Chauvin trial going on up in Minneapolis. That's ABC News's Mark Remillard, who's on top of that. So some pretty, again, you know, you have the prosecution laying out their case still. You have the witnesses being called. It was difficult. I, I can tell you that um, uh, it was difficult to hear the little girl talk about what she saw. And talk about nightmares. Yeah. And talk about regret. About like she like she felt helpless and she wished she could have done something, but she doesn't know what she could have done. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for a little little girl to describe handle. that, you know, standing on a sidewalk or whatever, it was it was difficult. Will that sway a jury? Will that be yeah. enough to convict? I I I don't know. There's mm. another one. I don't know. This uh, trial will continue, obviously, uh, a lot of people paying attention to it. And one thing that uh, we will commit to you is give you guys uh, recaps of it, exactly what's going on and what we can look forward to. And ABC News' uh, Mark Remlod, who is on scene, is doing a great job to help us do that right now. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Wednesday. It's Bruce Wendy Snyder in for uh, Judy today and cheese and... The Father Flager saga continues to roll on. There is not one but two people now accusing him of inappropriate behavior. Maybe that's kind of the the broad term, if you will. They are brothers, and there is some new information coming out in this case. Joining us right now is Eugene K. Hollander, the attorney for the brothers who are accusing Father Flager of abuse. What is the the actual uh, uh, charge that you're accusing them of, Mr. Hollander? Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me. First of all, uh, the brothers accuse uh, Father Flager of sexually abusing them when they were kids. Got it. Um, also, there's actually a third victim, uh, which claims that he was sexually assaulted by Father Flager just after he turned 18. So we actually have three victims. What period? They were sexually- what is the period of time that we're looking at with this? Well, it was actually uh, quite some time ago. It was about 45 years ago, and oh. it was extraordinarily difficult for these victims to come forward. Okay. Now, the new information that comes out of this, because the uh, uh, Father Flager is taken leave, uh, is not involved in the day-to-day workings at at the church. Uh, this case is moving forward, but your your clients, the two brothers, recently took a polygraph test. What did that determine? Uh, the polygraph exam uh, attested that they were there was no deception involved. In fact, they were telling the truth about the allegations of childhood sexual abuse. Now, can you explain exactly how a polygraph works? You're asked some questions. It, does it, it test your stress level? Can you pass it if you're not telling the truth? I don't know much about it exactly, except what I, what I see on TV. Movies, and I'm yeah. not going to assume that's how it works. Right. Yeah. yeah, it determines stress level and other, other factors, and the examiner makes a determination whether deception was involved. But you have to keep in mind here that each brother voluntarily did, did this. This was not something I even asked them to do. They felt so strongly about their claims, they wanted to use every means at their disposal uh, to get the truth out there and show uh, St. Sabina community, show the Archdiocese of Chicago, and the Independent Review Board that they're telling the truth. So, listen, I realize every every case is unique, but I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to... Uh, project this, if you will, onto some of the other cases we've heard involving members of the clergy, that in many of these other cases, the abuse continued. 
do you have any belief or any other information that anything happened between today and 40 years ago? I mean, it just seems like a long period of time where if this were a pattern, it would have resurfaced. Well, sure. So first of all, we have, again, not just the brothers, but a third victim has come forward. It says that he was sexually assaulted by Father Flager. Additionally, I've been in communication with the Chicago Police Department, uh, a detective who has uh, told me there is, in fact, a fourth victim oh. uh, who made a, a complaint to DCFS, and it was turned over to the Chicago Police Department. Unfortunately, I don't have any further information beyond that there is a fourth victim. And, uh, again, my personal and professional experience handling these cases for many years is that oftentimes there's just not one victim. There's often many more. Mm -hmm. But it, it's often, you know, very difficult for victims of childhood sexual abuse to come forward. Studies have shown uh, a lot of times that the first time someone can come forward for a male might be in their early to mid-50s. Um, it's even more difficult for someone in the African-American community to come forward. And then especially when you have Father Flager's team uh, trying to intimidate uh, victims from coming forward. It makes it so, so hard for them to do that. How are they intimidating victims? Listen, I know this is such a traumatic event and, and something you, as you mentioned, may not want to come forward with until years later. It takes courage and bravery, but how are Flager's teams coercing them or or intimidating. intimidating them? Sure, sure. They're making statements uh, accusing my clients of, you know, shaking, uh, you know, shaking the archdiocese down, or shaking Father Flager down, saying their claims are not corroborated, which is simply untrue, because we have three separate victims making statements, uh, and the brothers who have submitted the polygraph test. So it's a very difficult atmosphere uh, for that for any victim to come forward. What Father Flager should be saying, and again, we encourage Father Flager to submit to a polygraph exam himself. What Father Flager should be saying is that I want the Independent Review Board to conduct a full, thorough, and fair investigation and to let them do their job, to you know, let it take its time, to take its course, uh, not making statements disparaging uh, victims or my clients from uh, having their truth. We're talking to Eugene K. Hollander, the attorney for the two brothers accusing Father Flager of sexual abuse some 40 years ago. Uh, question for you, because it happened so long ago, I'm going to assume, uh, it's always a dangerous thing around an attorney, but I'm going to assume there isn't a lot of physical evidence. How do you prove this beyond a reasonable doubt? Or what is the preponderance of evidence in this case? So, first of all, again, it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. That's the standard in a criminal case. Got it. Uh, this, yeah, the standard, as you kind of uh, just alluded to, is by a preponderance. More likely than not. Okay. That's the standard. So if you think of a scale tipping slightly in one favor, that's all we have to prove here. And this isn't a situation where you simply have one uh, victim's uncorroborated account of what happened. You have three separate accounts. And the, the recollections of my victims are so incredibly detailed they can tell you what the bedroom looked like at the rectory at St. Sabina in the mid-1970s. They can tell you what kind of vehicles Father Flager was driving. They can tell you the name of his dog. Um, so the level of detail is extraordinary. Okay. So that's but they why could have that information as well because they knew him well. I, I know Father Flager. I, he's done a lot for the city. If he is guilty of this, you know, something should definitely come to the forefront. But... 
how does he prove how does he prove he didn't do any of this you know that's for the independent review board to decide um again father flager when the story broke in early january he had every opportunity to deny the allegations when the story first broke in early january father flager made a couple statements on facebook saying he was hurt and he was angry but what he didn't say was i didn't do it now if someone is being accused of a childhood sexual abuse and of course they didn't do it the first words out of their mouth is saying there's no way i did this i did not do this he did not say that for three weeks the first thing he did after three weeks is he hired a high-profile criminal defense lawyer who made a denial on his behalf. But we did not hear from Father Flager himself. But you're an attorney. People are advised to get an attorney when something of this magnitude happens. No doubt about it. But for the first three weeks of 2021, Father Flager didn't have a lawyer, and he made statements on his own, and he never denied it. We want Father Flager to tell the truth here. We want him to submit to a polygraph exam. Say what happened. Mr. Hollander, we appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. That's Eugene K. Hollander, the attorney for the two brothers accusing Father Flager of sexual abuse. It is, it is, you say you know Father Flager. I know him. I've met him. I've been to his church. He's done a lot for the city. He's a wonderful guy. And, and I will accept all those as a truism. Right, but if he did this, the but truth I, has to my, come out. And I guess my point is, and I'm not, I'm not here to condemn right. or absolve, but you can do all those things and still be a bad person on exactly. the other side. Like, exactly. Like those two things, we were talking, Bill Cosby, he was like, America's dad, and it turns out more like you know creepy uncle you, and you know no one believed that at and first people didn't believe right. it like well i can't i watched him on tv and i like him i mean tiger woods tiger woods would never do anything wrong remember when yeah. they, like yeah. he's such a good golfer and i go yeah and he cheats on his wife i mean i don't have to tell you you know you, it, you being good in one area doesn't absolve you necessarily of, of having issues in another one that that is not an indictment of father flager i have absolutely no information one way or the other i'm okay with the system playing out but if you have three accusers and a potential fourth one i mean it's you know this is where there's smoke there's fire at some yeah. point but 40 yeah 40 years later 45 he said 45 years yeah. later well that is again if if it's not true where does father flager go to get his reputation back it, and it's right? it's going to be very difficult where, for where, that where do you go and will you ever be able to prove it Beyond a reasonable yeah. doubt. In, in some people's minds. Because all they have to do is do 51% prove it. You know, basically, preponderance of evidence. They basically are, are looking to 51% as opposed to the, the standard in a criminal trial. So yeah. it is, uh, um, listen, this will continue to play out and we will pay attention to it. Tragic story. Uh, and I originally saw the Daily Herald. Um, one of their executives was on vacation and he drowned. He drowns saving his children and apparently another, 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 another child. It's a tragic, tragic case that makes us all wonder, you know, how far would you go? How would you react in a situation like that? We're going to talk about it next on 890 WLS. Or uh, Judy Pilak today and um, we've got cheese. Judy's on vacation, actually down there, Gulf of Mexico, right? Oh, man. Uh, Gulf Shores, does that sound right? Sounds like it. Toes in the sand. Something like that. Yeah. Um, 
which actually ties into the next story, where a lot of people over the last couple of weeks have been going on uh, spring break, vacation. Florida's wide open, right? Go down there. The weather's been in the 80s, for yeah. goodness sakes. Uh, and and folks hanging out on the beach. But it was really driven back home again, kind of, uh, well, not only how dangerous can things be, but, but just a, a really difficult tragedy that kind of struck the media world. But that's not why it's a story. Um, it's a story because of a dad, a dad trying to save his kids. And Wendy, tell us a little bit about dad. Pete Rosengren, uh, vice president of sales and digital strategy, uh, strategies for the Daily Herald Media Group. This is a heartbreaking story. He died Sunday. It was a family vacation in Florida. He hurried into the Gulf of Mexico to help his three sons and some other children that were being carried out to sea by the current. Um, the flags were up. The beach was open, but the water was off limits. Uh, double red flag warning. The most severe limitation Florida has for water. Do you think everybody knows that? No. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm a kid. I'm on vacation. I see water. I'm going in the water. Right, but even even if you're just on vacation yeah. and they go, we have red flags at the beach. Oh, that's nice. No. You, uh, and well, I think it depends you where you red, grew up. Double yeah. red flag. But, yeah, but if you grew, if grew up, up in, in Chicago, Illinois, yeah, he was that's from, true, maybe, yeah. Batavia. I see a red flag at a beach. It means yeah. don't go in the water. I would think so. Yeah. But I don't know if every... I wouldn't think so. I don't know if everybody would would he or even would pay attention. I I say that respectfully. Would even go, where are the flags? Yeah. But you can imagine this family pulling up. Exactly. The kids getting out of the car. Mom said she didn't even get her beach chair set up before the kids were in the water and were in trouble immediately. Wow. They were joined by three other families. Pete, his wife, Maura, and their three sons had driven from Batavia to Florida. It was supposed to be a, a week of fun in the sun. Instead, his wife spent their 18th wedding anniversary on Monday trying to figure out how to get her husband's body home. Uh, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. And it is, it, uh, it really gets to kind of, I mean, I was looking at like bravery, selflessness. Although I can understand, what wouldn't you do for your kids, right? Yeah. You would do anything. Yeah. What wouldn't you do? You know what I'm saying? It's a much smaller list. Like, what wouldn't you do? Yeah. And especially if your children in the ocean, you thought they were struggling in danger of drowning, being carried out by a by a riptide, by an undercurrent. He runs into the water in an attempt to save them. I would tell you the children survived. The kids were rescued. But Pete didn't make it out of the water alive. I hate hearing these stories. Yeah. It's he did such a wonderful thing, and I wish he was here to celebrate the vacation and his anniversary with his wife. The kids were in trouble instantly, and he went out to save them. And they uh, grabbed some lifeguards from the nearest tower. Arrived, they performed CPR. An ambulance took him to the hospital, and unfortunately, they were unable to save. You him. never know when you're going to be put in that situation. You never know when you're going to, you know, when there is a life and death decision or yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you never know. That's what I took from for me. I took, hey, we're on vacation. We pull up at the beach. I can picture it. Mm-hmm. I can picture getting the towels, blankets out of the car, get a few folding chairs. You're walking down to the beach. And in a split second, it's the kids are in trouble. Yeah. As a dad, my first instinct would be 
run in the water and get them. Yeah. I can't swim that great. I'm not the greatest swimmer, but I would be running in there trying to get those kids, and I probably would have ended up like that because I can't swim, but I, I, I would have done everything I could to save my kids. I'm, I'm. This is not a criticism of you or of, or of Pete. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised by the number of people who can't swim that hang out in the ocean in pools. Well, you have and walks, like, you wade in the water, you, you don't have to go swimming. I, I, no, but I'm just, but I, honest, I mean that honestly to yeah. you, Chief. Because I grew I up like swimming. This. I swam swim team. I was yeah, a lifeguard. See. Like, I feel comfortable in the water. Like, I'm not uncomfortable. I can well, swim. I can drink water like, for a half hour. Yeah. The, I can do know. all that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I feel comfortable that I could do that in yeah. water. I can do that in a pool. But, I feel comfortable in a pool. The ocean's a different ocean's story. A different animal, especially oh, totally. with the type of conditions that apparently they had there with some really strong undercurrents. And if you've never felt that, it mm. is it is really a bizarre feeling. And yeah. and there are strategies that ocean goers, if you will, diagonally. Know, You're supposed to go, go across diagonal, it. go yeah. sideways. Don't fight, you know, don't use all your energy trying to fight the current back towards the shore. It's counterintuitive. Yeah. But what happens is people wear themselves out. And you panic. I'm sorry. But, you panic. You hear this every summer here because we have the same problems in the city and then the North Shore. Sure. With problems at our beaches with uh, riptides and, and currents and stuff like that. And there is a flag advice. You guys should know this. Please tell if you us. Don't. Yeah. We, we have flags here in Chicago. Uh, green flag, uh, yellow's a swim advisory, meaning, nah. And there is a red flag that is a swim ban because of weather, water quality, or surf conditions of the beaches in Chicago. And that's via the park district. So thank you for the, uh, that. I'm being serious. I just don't know if everybody right. pays attention. I don't know if they even know all that. Now we learn something from Nick as we do every single day. Joining us next, a University of Illinois law professor, Eric Johnson. We're going to get into a little bit of the law. When it comes to the Chauvin trial, we'll talk a little bit bigger about some of the strategies that are going on as well. That's coming up next on 890 WLS. To the 7 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big three stories of the day. Wendy, kick it off. Pfizer says its COVID vaccine is 100% effective in children ages 12 to 15. How about that? Whoa, I'll tell you what. Hey. Football fans, NFL fans, we could be seeing full stadiums and the NFL approved a extra game this coming season, Cheese. UCLA upsets number one Michigan and advances to the final four for the first time in 12 years. All right. So the the Chauvin trial is ongoing as we speak. Uh, Day three gets started today. And aside from some of the details, we talked to ABC News' Mark Remillard uh, uh, earlier about that. You know, one of the things is is kind of what has been going on in this trial and what can they do. Listen, there is a high bar uh, that the prosecution has to reach. And I, I think that... that it is dangerous. And granted, I may not be talking to the the people that need to hear this the most. That if you think that just playing the video, the nine-minute video for a jury and saying, there it is, yeah. convict him, it's much more complicated than that. It's much more than that. And that the defense hasn't even started 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Picking apart the argument. Because isn't one of the issues, if this, if it comes out that this was part of police training, Minneapolis police training, and he was doing what he was trained to do, then what? Yeah, but you're trained to do that to keep someone where they're supposed to be. You're not trained to kill them. At some point, don't you have to go, okay, this isn't going right. Maybe my knee's on the wrong spot, or maybe I've been here too long. But does that rise to the level to convict you of killing somebody? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, yeah, like I guess. If, if you were trained to do it, then... How do you defend against that? That is a great question. I am not an attorney. It'll be interesting as it moves forward. Uh, We know that uh, day three going on right now, getting ready to to gavel in, if you will, a little bit later, uh, where the prosecution still calling witnesses. Many of those are people who were standing on that sidewalk. What would you have done? I mean, I just was putting myself in that situation while watching that video. I would be yelling, too. I'm a loudmouth. I'd be, he can't breathe. Do something. Why is no one helping him? Just what it appeared, it looked like he needed help. University of Illinois law professor Eric Johnson joins us right now. Professor Johnson, good morning. Good morning. So this is an interesting case. Obviously, it has a lot of people uh, paying close attention to it. It has reverberations. It has, uh, you know, uh, impacts in a variety of different communities well outside of just Minneapolis, obviously. Um, I wanted to ask you about the charges specifically. Can you can you walk me through a little bit of, of what Officer Chauvin is being charged with and how hard it is to prove those individual charges. Sure. So first he's charged with second-degree murder, which is under what we call the felony murder rule. The felony murder rule is probably a lot of people already know about it. The idea is if you're committing a felony and you wind up killing somebody accidentally during the course of the commission of the felony, you're automatically guilty of murder. You don't get to prove that you didn't intend to kill him or that you weren't negligent. You're just It's just automatic. And so uh, in this case, he's charged with the felony of third degree assault, which is which is uh, you have to uh, intend to assault someone and inflict substantial bodily injury. And because he is, you know, if he committed that felony and then he killed George Floyd in the course of committing that felony, then he's guilty of second degree murder. So that's really in a way, the easiest kind of homicide to prove because they don't need to prove that he was was negligent or reckless or or anything like that. And so in, in Minnesota's felony murder statute is really uniquely expansive. It's it's one of the most expansive in the country. When I looked into it, I'd never looked at Minnesota's felony murder law until this, this case came along. It's really one of the most expansive in the country. It really applies to a broad range of felonies, uh, probably broader than, than any other jurisdiction I know mm. of. And so, so that's probably the easiest charge here. The second charge that they've got is third-degree murder. Uh, this is the one that was originally, it was dismissed and then it went up to the, they went up the, the government went up to the appellate court and they reinstated this charge. This is what we call depraved heart murder. 
And basically what depraved heart murder requires is extreme recklessness. So, so we've got regular reckless homicide, which is what the third charge is, the second degree, uh, second degree manslaughter is, is a kind of reckless homicide. But depraved heart murder differs from reckless homicide in that the person was much more reckless. And by reckless, we mean that the person acted in the face of a, a, a high risk, uh, that was posed by their conduct, and that at the moment they they acted that way, they were consciously aware of the risk that their conduct would bring about that result. That result, and so, in, in order to find depraved heart, they would have to find that he was he was extremely reckless. And, and usually, we explain depraved heart murder with sort of examples like, you know, dropping a rock off an over a freeway overpass onto a car. That's that that would be classified as depraved heart murder. Shooting a gun into somebody's house that would be just extremely reckless, mm-hmm. completely useless conduct. So that's the, well, you, the third degree murder. And then, oh, go ahead. No, you, I'm going to follow you, Professor Johnson. You said you know it gets into really the the mindset or the psyche of the of the uh, the defendant. How do you how do you prove what he was thinking at the time? You know, it's really interesting. What they've done over the last couple of days is shown how people at the scene reacted, right? And <clears throat> I was watching some of the to just just some excerpts on the news last night, uh, and they're talking to these people. You know, what was your reaction when you saw what was happening? Uh, and people were saying, you know, I was terrified, I was concerned. You know, this was really troubling. It really upset me. And people were even acting, asking. They were even talking about, you know, how it had affected them in the long term. It had, you know given the nightmare or whatever, you know, they, they had really been upset by it. And that's, you know, it doesn't sound like it's that relevant evidence. It seems like, you know, who cares about your reaction? Just tell us the facts. But in fact, that reaction tells us, look, the circumstances that were, were transpiring were something that put it should have put anybody on notice that what was happening was really wrong, mm. right? Where they, you know, and, and this is common in depraved heart murder cases uh, to show that the circumstances that that made the person so reckless really aroused concern in other people as well, and and so uh, in this situation, I think it's entirely legitimate for the government to be be putting on these witnesses who say this is this really upset me, and and uh, and you know I reacted this way and I felt this way afterwards, and uh, I think that's appropriate testimony to to prove this depravity of heart. We've all seen the video, and at some point, Chauvin had him, you know, he was trying to restrain him. He was definitely, George Floyd was definitely restrained. At some point, I just felt like he should have looked down and said, wow, he's not responding. Maybe we should look into it. It just seems so clear cut to me once you see that video. Yeah, I, you know, I have to, I have to agree. I guess the defense lawyer's tack is that, he was distracted by the crowd, right? That there was this threatening crowd, and you know he does pull his mace can out at some at one point as if he he feels threatened by the crowd. But um, you know, watching it, I, he seems he seems completely calm, not threatened at all. In his pockets, yeah, you know, he doesn't seem threatened. And, and what's more, it's just like, even if he felt it, you're not noticing that the guy you've got your knee on his neck has stopped moving around. Right. They just, I, I I guess I share your your assumption. I just don't. I don't get this, and I'm curious if they're going to introduce. I mean, I don't know if he'll testify, um, but mm. but uh, would you would you put boy, him on the stand? Would you put oh, Chauvin I, on the stand? I'm, I'm not a real trial. Lawyer. I understand. I'm an appellate lawyer, but you know, I I think it's I think the jury wants to know what was going through his head mm. right at that point in time. I don't know how to persuasive a witness. There are a lot of factors a trial lawyer is going to take into account 
in considering this, but um, I, you know, I want to know what, what was going on in your head when you were standing, you know, kneeling there on his neck for as long as you did. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think a lot of folks are asking that question, and, and it's going to come up. Uh, thank you so much, Professor Eric Johnson, a University of Illinois law professor, giving us some insight into the charges, kind of how they have to prove it, and we certainly appreciate that. A lot of people out there, a lot of you, according to some polling data, think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, everything. Wow. I'd like, to, <laughs> I'd like sure. to welcome you all to my pessimist club. Yeah, all right. join the club. Come on in, the water's fine. We're talking about it next on 890 WLS. <laughs> Anna, good morning to you. The sun is coming up. That happens every day. You, it happens every day? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Bruce, Wendy in for uh, Judy Pie today and, and Cheese. I have to tell you, the thing that is, like, confusing to me. Well, there's a lot of things that are confusing <laughs> yeah. to me. I'm not going to, like, we, <laughs> we should don't probably have time. preface that. Exactly. Is that uh, I am not used to, I'm, and I mean this, I am not used to bright, sunny days where it's cold. Oh, yeah. It is I'm weird. I'm not used to that. I lived in Arizona for 20-something years. If the sun's out, it's warm. Yeah. Full stop, period. Yeah. Now, it might be really hot, but it's never cold. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like it only went from warm to warmer to, dear God, we're on the surface of the sun. Yeah. And then like, I see this, and it's like, it's bright and sunny. I walk outside and go, good, i got to zip up my coat. Yeah. What is this? It is Not used to it. Not it used is to bizarre. It. Did you get a winter coat for uh, your first winter here? Oh, good boy. Got one. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Is it a Carhartt? It is not a car. Ah, <laughs> oh, fail. Oh, only be <laughs> disappointing to you. Yes, I did not get a. I own a Carhartt. I just didn't bring it with me. Good man. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not at Nick Gale level oh, of manhood. No, nobody. Nobody's is. at Nick no, Gale no. level of manhood. <laughs> no. But I'm. I'm, oh, I'm getting closer. I, if I could get a riding tractor next to drive around Streeterville, <laughs> I'll be on my way. That would be sweet. So, I I uh, I am naturally a pessimist, contrary to my sunny disposition. Uh, <laughs> I am just in general. I believe things are crappy, and they'll only get crappier. Uh, my uh, my personal motto is aim low. You can't fall off the floor. All right. <laughs> so that has always served me very well because um, I can't be disappointed. I remember I I got I don't get to say it a lot, but you know I have like these you have these lines in your head like somebody says something it triggers you, you know, if you want to be sarcastic. Oh yeah. jackhole like I am. And somebody said that I go, "Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint you." And I said, "You couldn't possibly." And it stopped them and they went, "What do you mean?" I go, "You have no idea how low I set the bar here. You couldn't <laughs> possibly disappoint me." You know. So, I just want to welcome the rest of you into the pool. I want to welcome the rest of you over to my side of the fence. Why do I say that? There is a new poll out there where a vast majority of you, let's go with 60%, think the COVID pandemic will get worse. Welcome to the water. Well, can't you expect the worst but hope for the best? So then you're kind of prepared. That's what I like to do. You're going to walk a fine line there, Wendy. Fifty-eight <laughs> percent of respondents said they thought there would be another surge of COVID cases before the pandemic is over. Only twenty percent said no. 
22% of you are, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there'll be another surge. Well, numbers are leading to that. Yeah. By the way, I think there'll be a 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. I think it'll continue going. Just until we die. I don't think so. It's perpetuity. <laughs> yeah. I think once the vaccine gets everyone... Well, everyone has to take the vaccine. Well, yeah. And since we know that 30-some-odd percent of people think it's chipped or government plot or whatever or not safe, that we'll never get to herd immunity, which means we'll always have this virus around, which means it will continue to be just a regular part of life. But not Mm -hmm. in great numbers like we have now. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it'll just thin the herd. <laughs> you know what we're talking yeah, about? I got you my know, vaccine. I don't immunity. care. Well, right. you say that. You got Okay, so which one did you get? I think I'm the only one that I know and that I'm aware of that got the Johnson & Johnson one and done. The single oh, shotter. Yeah. I've never met anybody that had the yeah. single shotter. I'm just worried it's not as effective. Oh, is that? Like, I don't know what the metrics are on that. The efficacy is a little lower than Pfizer and Moderna, but it still is 100% at keeping people out of the hospital with severe respiratory uh, issues or death. So end result is good. So you're looking at three people here who are all Pfizer one-shotters so far. We have None none of us have gotten our second dose yet, yet, right? A couple weeks. The first dose, though, is still effective. The second dose just bumps us up. Yes. So we're going to be better than you. Yes, Maybe you are. <laughs> I, I didn't get a choice in the matter. I registered on the Cook County website. They told me when appointments would be opened up. About two hours later, uh, the site crashed an, about an hour in. Yeah. My husband got his appointment 10 minutes and was like, well, what, what's your problem? <laughs> it took me two hours. But I went to the Tinley Park convention center they were doing pfizer for a week one day of johnson and johnson and then the next day pfizer again Mm. i don't know why i don't know either it's whatever they had a surplus of you don't argue you take whatever they got yeah you're a johnson and johnson Mm. that's interesting all right well hopefully you who are now quote fully vaccinated I think it takes you within 14 days. It's effective, but then 28 days after the shot, you're good. You're at the best you can be. She read all that fine print they gave yeah, her. I, I did. Threw it, it, I, I did. threw it in the garbage on the way yeah. out the door. I yeah. didn't read the fine print. I threw it in the garbage <laughs> at the Walgreens. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't. You know what you threw away? Print. You threw away a five dollar coupon for Walgreens. Yeah. So I just tossed that in the the garbage. I was like, I'm not reading this crap. <laughs> I don't read any of that stuff. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully. More people being vaccinated means the numbers do plateau or do start to go down. But Nick Gale, that's not what we're seeing right now. Yeah, not the case right now. COVID numbers are rising in the state as well as the city of Chicago. The mayor actually looking at two specific zip codes within the city where she said. And a good morning to you. A happy Wednesday. I'm Bruce St. James. Wendy Snyder playing the role of Judy Pilek today. Please make that uh, in your uh, program. Programs, yeah. Make that adjustment right there. Get that in there. Okay. And DJ Cheese on the ones and twos. We also, of course, infant producer Miranda is over there on the other side <laughs> of the is. double pain. She hasn't grown class. up yet since no, I've been no, here last. Not. She is going to Not even toddler direction. yet. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Side-leaning. These kids today. Um, 
I've, I've, you've heard, you probably have heard, I think we've all heard, the debate over police-worn body cameras. And I think it's fair to say and look at, are they effective? I think people might have beliefs on how they work or anecdotal evidence, but you have to give a shout-out to the University of Chicago Crime Lab that actually went and did research into it. And when I say, do body cameras work, they looked at it, do they reduce police use of force? Do they reduce or increase, I should say, civilian in uh, complaints against police use of force. Mm-hmm. And the study came out and said, yes, yes, actually they reduce use of force from and towards police officers and they reduce civilians a complaining about police activity as well as dramatically cut down on settlements and awards going to civilians based on police behavior. So here's a couple things I thought of. So they said that um, they pay for themselves in that context, that if you're not paying out settlements, that money could go to pay for body cameras, which then you yeah. would pay out less settlements. But that you, it pays for itself. Yeah, say there's a million dollar settlement, you could take that million and buy some cameras. So that means that there's a portion of settlements that are not legitimate. Obviously, if it if a body camera reduces, yeah, that's the a payouts. Good point. That means we're also paying people out where the cop was telling the truth, for lack of better terms. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where where we shouldn't have made a payout. But right? there was no camera to show that the person was And it became lying. down to he said, she yep. said, I, I'm assuming, you know, you came down to some sort of a, a dispute like that. And that without the body camera, there was no evidence to exonerate the police officer. Which I thought was, well, now, wait a minute. Wouldn't that be another reason why more cops would want body cameras? If we know that there are incidents where police are being accused of excessive force. Yeah, I mean, and that's not just shooting. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I mean, this could be any, there's a scale, let's yep. acknowledge. And some percentage of those, 10, 15, 20%, the city is settling. The police department's settling. And they don't need to. They shouldn't. The cop did nothing wrong. Wouldn't every cop... I want three cameras. I got one on the front. I got one on the back. I got one on my hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got them on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Sideways. Yeah. I got like a 360 view. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want cameras at all times? Yes. No, 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 no. I did not do what they accused me of doing. I didn't. I did not go that direction. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It strikes me that that I would think more police want them. That's not that's not the truth, sadly. Uh, the FOP is not a, a fan of them. They've been relatively hostile towards body cams. They don't like it because body cams have been used to accuse police of things as well. How so? I don't understand how they it would go the other way. They used to look on McDonald, for an example, that that was a police camera that caught that shooting. 
Well, maybe it needed to be caught on camera. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So their argument is if there wouldn't have been a camera there, this wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Aren't, yeah, that's not right. Isn't everybody supposed I, to yeah, obey the law, including yeah. police officers? Well, I'm not making their argument. I think the FOP couldn't be more wrong if their life depended on it. Absolutely. I, I think that they should all have, have cameras. Now, Chicago police are, you know, it's always in the wording, by the way. It's always in the wording because uh, body cameras are worn. Uh, what is it again? Uh, Chicago Police Department requires body cams to be worn and turned on during most patrols. Why most? <laughs> Either do it or so don't. So that's a little bit of wiggle yeah. room, right? Define most. 51%? <laughs> Seems like as soon as you put that vest on with the camera on, it should be on. Although, what if a police officer wants to take a break or they have to go to the bathroom? I mean, can't they turn them off for break time or something? So they, uh, there's different technologies that work different ways. Some are automatic. Others require the officer to physically turn, turn them, them on, on and yeah. off. And so mm. what they're taught to do in some ways is you, you, you get a call or you pull somebody... You turn the camera on, and then you you go do it. I I learned something which I did not know. I've done uh, different ride-alongs with different Mm. law enforcement agencies. Cool. Oh, it's fascinating. Just fascinating. And I rode along with a a state trooper. And we pulled somebody over. And I was like, oh, I wonder if we got on camera. He goes, yeah, we get everything on camera. What do you mean? Is it running all the time? He goes, no. And he says, but as soon as we pull him over, I... He hit the camera, and I because well, I thought, well, now it's too late. We've already pulled. You didn't see like when you're driving along, and a guy makes a four lane change in front of you. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, I wish I'd have caught on camera. He goes, well, our camera backs up. What? Forty five seconds or sixty seconds? So when I hit the button, it saves that last minute and keeps recording. So when somebody does something stupid in front of the trooper, oh, I got it. But it's running on a loop. Do you see what I'm saying? He goes, because he wouldn't be able to record, yeah. you know, my eight-hour shift right. driving. You know, it would require a big computer in the back of the car or something. And he goes, so it's just running on a loop. But when I hit the button, it backs up ah. and it catches whatever just happened in front of me. And he said, so, because we pulled the guy over. That's And cool. the guy made a, literally went from the fast lane to the, like, this was one of these, you've been driving along and you're like, oh, there's my off-ramp. And you go, you cut across four lanes. <laughs> yeah. The guy did it and went through the media. I mean, just uh, it was straight out of Dukes of Hazard, right? Yeah. And we pull him over, and he's like, you know, that was a unsafe lane change, and I th- this that, and the other. And he goes, well, I, I didn't think I was that bad at it. He goes, you know, I've I've got the video of you yeah. doing it. You did it. There. You, you literally cut in front of me <laughs> while you were doing it, <laughs> and we videotape everything out the front of the of the Whoops. car. And the guy was like. Yeah, okay, go ahead and write that ticket. That's yeah. not going to be, I, I don't think I got much of an argument on that one. Yeah. So, so that, I mean, I think of it like that helps every single officer, yes. doesn't it? It sure does. Here's exactly what happened. No, it didn't. Let's go to the videotape. Yeah. It's, so it's not just cop's word versus civilian's word. It's what it's really happened. Word, the video's word and the civilian's but word. And then we also find out video gets, you know, the uh, that illegal raid, and wrong house, wrong apartment. Yeah. Two years, they tried to get the video, couldn't get it, they finally came out. They so didn't it, want it. You know, yeah. they had video, but it just disappeared for a couple of and years. And what about editing? That worries me, too, with deep fake stuff. Interesting. 
Uh, a whole nother discussion yeah. isn't it, with the deep fake. But the, uh, the, the, the bottom line is University of Chicago Crime Lab came out with a report that said increased use of body cams in Chicago um, have a financial and public safety benefit, reducing use of force and reducing payouts. I'm for it. I'm absolutely all for it because the payouts come from me. <laughs> <laughs> right out of your pocket. Cop doesn't pay the pay. We pay it. Yeah. That's, that's us. I mean, you're mad at uh, six miles over on the traffic cam. You're mad at increased property taxes. Be mad at payouts we don't need to be making. Be mad at that as well. It's all a waste of money. Um, So what's a cicada? Ah, you have no idea. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't believe I've ever lived anywhere where a cicada was something that could live. Yes. Is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? All of it. All of the Dear above. God yeah. in heaven. With beady red eyes. Well, yes. billions of them are coming, apparently. Something wicked this way comes. We'll tell you about <laughs> the cicadas coming up next on 890 WLS. Only bugging. It's Bruce, Wendy, and Cheese. So, as part of learning and being a part of this amazing city of Chicago. Can I just say, by the way, that that like 85% of you are nice people. <laughs> now, I'm going with <laughs> Joe Biden. Joe uh, Biden's, talking. Uh, uh, thinks 85% of the people in the White House like his dog. But um, <laughs> no, the, everybody I run into in Chicago is is nice. They are helpful. They're very welcoming uh, because I'm an idiot. Uh, because I get lost, because I don't understand things sometimes, people are very helpful to explain things to me. So uh, can you excuse me just for one second? When I am not fully aware of what the hell cicadas are and why billions of them are headed this way. Because it only happens once every... 17 years. And 13 years. 13 there's different Yeah, there's broods. different cycles. Mm, and, broods, yes. Okay, by right the way, way, they don't have these Thank everywhere. You, if you guys think yeah, cicadas no. are everywhere, they don't. No, it's they not they're not? No. no. I didn't know it was no, just the No, because I grew up in California. They didn't have them. No. They have cicadas no. in Arizona? No. That's because the heat is too dry. But this is, so. what are they calling this? This Brood the, X. So that or means. 10. Which is it? Oh, is it Brood 10? It might be because Brood oh. XIII, which would be 13. 13. <laughs> you guys should get along great, man. Math, both of you. So I, I saw something on TV. It said this only happens once every 100 years where the 13 and the 17 sync Year up. cycles are yeah. at the same time. So that's why there's going to be trillions of them. No, Sweet. that's not happening, Jesus. is it, Nick? I. I just know that oh, Chicago is. is not going to get them this year. It's it's more downstate Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky between May and June. But, but when they say the entire state of Indiana and eastern Illinois, again, I'm not I'm not a geography whiz. We're pretty damn close to Indiana. I think a few of them will hop on the bus and head this. Way. Are they going to stop Come at the on. border? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're no. cicadas, God dang it. We're not going to <laughs> Illinois. They are I mean, staying we draw the line. In Indiana because the smokes are cheaper. There it is. That. That's They're true. Going there. there you go. Uh, yeah, it's only kind of think of a swath through the middle there like that. Yeah. But brood 10, you're going to have cicadas. They say when soil temperatures hit 64 degrees, a few inches below ground, 
Wait a minute. They're below ground? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're all sitting there. They're what do you little, mean they're sitting there? They're in uh, in underground little parties right now, waiting for it to warm up so they can yeah. you know, What they do up. is they come yeah. out They come out every 17 years. This they have sex. Like a horror movie. They have sex. They leave eggs in the ground. 17 years later, those eggs hatch and come out. Or 13 years, yeah. depending on whatever. What it, so that's their only is. job. So how come we can't stop them from coming? We need to pave more crap. You know, we need to, <laughs> we need to keep them from coming out of ground. They're below ground that, right now. Yeah. And that's that's happened in areas like I grew up in an area yeah. where it was largely undeveloped. And man, when it was the years that the cicadas came out, it was you couldn't even hear. You couldn't hear your cell. You like couldn't. It's just. Yes. But as that area got more and more developed, it's it less and less and less. Yes. So that is. Yeah. I was telling Bruce when I would ride my bike as a little kid when the oh. first time, I swear it would get caught in my hair. They'd hit up uh-huh. against your face. Again, they this would sounds hurt like a you. Movie. I yeah. The roads, the roads become slick and sometimes. Crunchy, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because the cicada ooze is all down there, and the dogs love them. Dogs yep. love. They em. eat them. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a nightmare. And they How do a lot people, of. Wait a minute. How come you people aren't more worried about? Why am I the only they're one? They're not dangerous. Billions they of cicadas coating the roads and getting in your hair is a horrible thing. It's only a couple months, and it's only every a thirteen and seventeen months. years. <laughs> wait a minute. This last month. Suck it up, you little baby. Oh my lanta. <laughs> And wacky DJs do like the chocolate covered cicada eating contests yeah. and stuff like that. So Bruce loves to no. experiment with food, no. so he'll be doing that. No, Bruce he loves it. Believe me. When you say they get loud, they say that uh, they they they've measured them before that it could hit ninety six decibels, about the slightly higher than a low flying airplane. It's deafening. It's it really like a Metallica is. concert. Except the cicadas have better music. Kidding. Oh, come For all on. the Metallica fans out there. Hey, I could have said Ted Kidding. Nugent, then you could have went there. But I said Metallica. Well, you guys seem incredibly calm about billions of cicadas set to swarm through the Midwest. It's kind of cool, actually. For about a day. Yeah. And then, apparently then you're ready. Months. Wait, do they do it at night, too? I can't remember. Uh, well, why wouldn't they? We, they shut yeah, up when the sun so. goes down? I think they get quiet. Yeah, they don't they, do they, Nick, you're a mountain man. I think they do quiet. Well, no, they keep going at night. <laughs> mm. They keep going. There are like so many of them. I really like hope. a cicada rave, I man. <laughs> right here all night. Oh, my Good night, everybody. God. We desperately need some sort of pest control. This just sounds horrific. They have right? sticky little feet, too. If you want to hold them on your finger, you can turn it upside I down. I certainly am not holding <laughs> them on my fingers. Oh, I'm bringing buckets of them in so you can see them. Yeah, right. Bring them in the studio. Great idea, yes. Cheese. You really thought this one through. Woo. We'll have a cicada in, infestation. Oh, and all the we shells. We won't be here in 17 years. Like, they're locusts, and then they pop. The back splits open. This is yeah. like a horror movie. The back of the shell splits open. They molt the shell. They come out. They're very, like, opaque and gross. Yeah. Mm. And then the shells are clinging to trees and your right. brick. You put them on your fingertips? You ever did that when you were a kid? Oh, totally. You put the shells on your... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> put, on, put it on your nose. Just oh. the shells. Yeah, you're going to enjoy this. It's so much fun, Bruce. I, I weep for you. <laughs> I weep for you. All right? <laughs> Hey, we've got uh, more things that are kind of opening. You know what's happening? Can we get excited about one thing? Please. Baseball opening day. Woo! Yes. Right? Yeah, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. The baseball opening day. We're going to have uh, Jason Les... Les... Lesnowitz. Lesnowitz. There you go. 
Good night. Can we change Jason's name to something I can pronounce? Cicada. Jason Cicada. Jason Cicada from Chew Chicago going to be joining us next on 890 WLS. Eight o'clock hour. Here are the big three stories we're keeping an eye on. Convicted Watergate conspirator and all-around interesting man. Yeah. G. Gordon Liddy has passed away at the age of 90. Jeez. Oh, man. UCLA upsets Michigan. Number one, Michigan goes to the final four for the first time in 12 years. Wendy. And the COVID vaccine for kids aged 12 to 15, Pfizer says it's 100% effective. Wow. There you go. That's good. 100%. Can't get better than that, can you? Nope. Can I tell you a quick G. Gordon Liddy story? Yes, please. So G. Gordon had a radio show for a long time. Um, And he was convicted. He went to jail, went to prison for Watergate. Yeah. One of the break-in, right? And he was talking one day, I heard him do this, about guns, firearms, Guns that he had. And somebody called up and said, Mr. Liddy, I'm a big fan. But I'm worried because you are a convicted felon. And I believe that means you're barred from owning firearms. And you're, you were talking about owning guns on the radio. I'm just worried about you. And he said, fear not. And he said, I do not own any guns. My wife, on the other hand, has one of the <laughs> most extensive gun collections that you've ever seen in your mm-hmm. life. And she keeps all of them loaded and on my side of the bed. Oh, yep. God. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, sir. Mr. Mr. DJ. Yes. There's a reference to G. Gordon Liddy in a song. Do you know? Wow. Even I don't know if I know that. Uh, Please tell us that. Please. The song My Old School by Steely Dan. He's referred to as Daddy G. Wow. Well, G. Gordon Lady passed away at the Nick, age of 90. Musicologist. Today yeah. in rock history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's Nick Hale. So we are coming up. It's Easter weekend. Boy, this this year is flying by. I, at least it feels like for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be dragging too much. Uh, flying by right now. Easter weekend's coming up and joining us right now uh, is, from Choose Chicago is Jason Lesnowich. Jason, good morning. Morning, Dean. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Um, also, you know, one thing I think a lot of folks are kind of excited about, opening day of baseball. Right around the corner, right? Tomorrow, uh, Cubs at Wrigley Field, absolutely. What is the, what is the, do we know how many people are going to let in? Uh, they're saying uh, 25%. If my math is correct, I think that's going to be around 8,000 people. Okay. That's still a um, lot of people. Yeah. It's a decent size. Yeah, they're in pods. You get like these ticket pods, and so they're selling them in threes and fours, and so they're going to spread you out. Um, They want you to come, you know, obviously with a a small group of people that you know and obviously are within your, if you will, call it a pod. I'm, I'm assuming it's the same restrictions math for the White Sox. Yes, absolutely. Um, Both of them are on 25% capacity, masks, um, 
and uh, they'll have a few runners running food out, but not many. Um, so, you know, you'll want to get up and get your food and drink. So the Sox might actually have more people than usual. Well, I was going to say, right, that is unacceptable. It'll be a record crowd for the Sox if you get 8,000 people. Won't Bruce, it? you have not been here long I enough to slam to the White Sox. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even allowed to talk crap no. about the Sox yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the Sox uh, home opener is tomorrow. Uh, not home opener, but season opener. They're right. not, they're on the road. Yeah. So, and what about the yeah. app? Do you need like a Major League Baseball app to get food and bevies over at Wrigley? That is a good question. I I have not heard that. Um, it would make sense, you know, similar to how the restaurants, you know, you view the menu on the phone. Ah, yeah, so the QR, that QR yeah. code. Yeah, and cash, yeah, that might no be cash. where the runners. Yeah, that might be where the runners come in. You order your food, and they and they bring it out to you because they do want you to stay in the seats, so you're not really having a lot of interaction. Yes. Jason is with Choose Chicago, and there are, you know, we're getting a little bit of conflicting information today, Jason. I know it probably concerns you as well that maybe the reopenings, they're putting a pause on some of it, but things are still open. There are still things to do, and it's Easter weekend. What is there to do out in Chicago? Yeah, well, you know, if you don't want to cook, and our restaurants do a great job of putting together Easter um, brunches, Easter dinners, so... You know, our restaurants are offering all sorts of packages all throughout our neighborhood. So, you know, if you if you want to just relax, let our restaurants do the cooking for you. Many of them are for takeout or delivery or meal kits. So lots of great options for Easter. Um, so our restaurants continue to stay open. It's restaurant week. Um, so go out, enjoy our restaurants. A lot of them have outdoor dining options if you're not comfortable. But our restaurants continue to stay open at 50% capacity. Um, that has not changed. And nothing's really changed um, yet in terms of the reopening of Chicago. Everything's still still a go. They want you to be cautious. They want you to be safe. So, yeah, we have lots of great options for Easter weekend. It's going to be beautiful. There's some outdoor dining options as well. Am I the only one who is sitting out to dinner and when the wait staff comes, I put my mask on? Aren't you supposed to do that? You are, as, you know, any time um, they're bringing you your food or taking your order, you are supposed to put your mask back on. Um, so, yes, mm. you are correct. Right. Um, you're supposed, you can take it off when you're drinking and eating and when no one else is, you know, at your table. So they do ask you to do that, correct? Just putting the public service out there for y'all. It's awful nice. Yeah, hey, Jason, you thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're exactly. very welcome. Hey, Jason, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your Easter as well. Thank you. You have a good day. That's Jason Lestowich with uh, Choose Chicago. So we've got opening day baseball for the Cubs. I can't, I haven't even looked. Has anybody gone online and seen how much tickets are going for? A couple uh, hundred. That's yeah. it? Yeah. I think starting there, yeah. With only 8,000 tickets even available for a Cubs game, I would think they'd be even more. So can I give you a, a quick example? So the Cubs... Spring training is obviously in Arizona. Yeah. Right? You guys, that's not news. Duh. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, my friends, you know, a lot of people they go to spring training and, and Cubs are the hottest ticket to get. Yeah. Spring training tickets. $450. So what? Yes. Yeah. Ow. For spring training. I'm like, practice? Yeah. We're talking about practice? Yeah. You pay $450 to watch a practice? Yeah. Wow. $450. Tickets. For spring training. 
That's a super fan that pays that. Four fifty. I want to sit on Javi Baez's lap. But they and, and they, you know, they Again? had limited seating. You know, <laughs> they still had kind of limited capacity in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I don't know what percentage it was, but the the, the 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 stadiums weren't full, and the stadiums are obviously the spring training stadiums are but smaller than Wrigley yeah. or a major league stadium. But still, that demand, and that's where I think you're gonna you're gonna see that there are a lot of people out there who are rip roaring ready to go. Only seventy three bucks. Really, you found tickets. Well, for I'm seeing a one fifty on StubHub. Okay. Vivid Seats has upper know. reserved four hundred three row nine. Okay. Wow. Seventy three right. bucks. That's a, that, is that's, that, that's, that's not a unreasonable, deal. is it? To hang out at Wrigley. Deck, upper yeah, but you're at Wrigley. It's a sunny day. I'll Grab a beer. A Can box. I, yeah, twelve dollar beer. <laughs> whatever they are now. <laughs> that's they make Jeez. up for it. I got to tell you, I, the upper deck thing, and I just can't get away from it. And it's one of the favorite things I ever saw. And upper I gotta, deckers? I, I got to give a shout out to uh, ESPN. <laughs> I want to say it was going back to Craig Kilborn days. Jeez. And uh, they show a picture of the stadium, and they got a kid in the upper deck in the last row. And he's got his glove. <laughs> and he said, there's an optimistic youngster. Yes. Oh, that is adorable. <laughs> he was There's an optimistic youngster. <laughs> upper deck. Last row. Got his um, mitt on. Got my mitt. I'm going to ca- catch in anything comes our way. <laughs> That's enough to miss. While his dad's catching a buzz. Yeah, yeah while yeah. dad's Good drinking days. $12 beers. Yeah. Good for yeah. him, all right? Speaking of you damn kids, apparently you are ruining everything, <laughs> all right? You little maggots. And specifically, there's a, there's a couple of neighborhoods. Oh, we're going to call you out. Mm. And you know what kind of neighborhoods they are? They're the kind of neighborhoods, cheese. Yes. With lots of beards. They got a lot of beard jelly they're using around there. Got a beard thing. They, beard jelly. They have a lot of people that wear they wear uh, basketball tank tops without ah, a shirt on yeah, them underneath. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Old school yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah, you got about a Bill Lambeers walking around. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be talking about those people coming up next on 890 WLS. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Bruce, Wendy Snyder, and Cheese this morning. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. Um, so we've got some I, 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 slightly concerning. Yesterday, what was the terminology the head of the CDC used? Impending doom. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you thought cicadas were bad. Yeah. <laughs> Impending doom. We now have Governor Pritzker, old JB, Um hitting pause on some of the reopenings, on some of the relaxation or of restrictions. Why? Because the bleeping COVID numbers are going back up again. He, by the way, I'm pretty sure, is another person who got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Why do you think that? Because I think I read it somewhere. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Because <laughs> I got one, too. Line I, with I, you. I was going to say, he just looks like that. I go, no. What does that look like? I read it and oh. thinking he and I are the only people I know who's gotten the got Johnson the and Johnson. One. Yeah. That would be two of you yeah. that I would know. I literally have heard. Not, I haven't heard of them giving them out anywhere. Um, so that is concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if things stop moving in that direction if 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 there's restrictions still if restaurants can't go to full capacity if there's businesses and industries that still can't do things like that if people are being discouraged from going out and engaging in life or is it just a specific group Mm. and how about this is it a specific group in some specific neighborhoods 
Why do I say that? Well, if you've never been dressed down by Mayor Lightfoot, <laughs> well, first off, we got to give her credit for not using profanity because we know she's got a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about her. She yeah. has a potty mouth. Is <laughs> yep. that fair to say? Mm-hmm. So yes. at least this is safe for you children's to hear. This is Mayor Lightfoot. She knows. She knows why the COVID numbers are going back up. She got specific. Damn. Do you remember she, the show Romper Room where the magic mirror and it's like I see Tommy and <laughs> yeah. Susie and Jimmy and Billy. It was and, just about short of that, yeah. wasn't it? She just romper roomed them. <laughs> yeah. She's calling them out. She put them on front street. She is she everything but talked about their mothers. Yeah. I mean really. Yeah. Lightfoot went full, and she's angry about it. So the the argument is, apparently what we're seeing when they track the numbers, that the uptick is coming from this demographic being out and about. Now, it's not necessarily that these people are getting sick, but what they're saying is that these are the ones who are out in bars or nightclubs. They mentioned sporting events, and I don't know what sporting events they're hanging out at. But... They're out and about. They're doing things. They're traveling. Maybe they went on spring break. Yeah. They're coming back, and they're infecting other people around them. That's the argument behind it. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, short of, quote, shutting the city down again, how does it go the other direction? How, how does it possibly? No, it, that's what it's going to come down to. Back to the hall, do you as think, you always say. Do you think that, not just Lightfoot, we're, we'll leave Mayor Lightfoot out of this. By the way, Mayor Lightfoot, another invitation. Anytime you want to come in and talk, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Got a booster seat waiting for you. Okay, All now right, that that'll kind of never right happen because of you. <laughs> she got to right reach the mic. That attitude right there is why she's not going to come and visit nice. us. I'm being nice. That was a, a Bruce, I nice. am so sorry you will never talk to her. Never going to get to talk to her, am I? Uh-uh. Just cheese alone is going to be the reason why. Jeez. But do you think that she or Pritzker or mm-hmm. any how about any mayor will be able to stand at that lectern again, look in the camera and go, I'm shutting the city down? I, I, I just don't think it's. And by the way, if they did, I think a lot of people would say, screw you. It's not going to go to a full shutdown again, but they are going to restrict more things. Maybe from what? How many people it's are like going to be? Rubber band. We just keep stretching it and retracting it, stretching it yeah. and retracting it. Well, right? play by the rules, people. What rules? Wear a mask, socially distance. Don't go to bars and sit yeah, so close to bars. each other. They open the bars. You're still supposed to socially distance. Oh, for God's sakes! What's the purpose of going to a bar if you can't talk to anybody? Wear your mask and then. I got to use semaphore from across the bar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good looking. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing later? I gotta use my Mr. Microphone. Can yeah. we go back oh, in the day to yeah. the Mr. Microphone? Right? Hey, good looking. I'll be back to pick you up later. That's what the guy yelled at it. Yeah. Which today, I believe, would put you on the Me Too list. That's if you true. did actually. No, totally. if, you, if you were driving yep. down the street and said, hey, good looking, I'll be back to pick you up later, I believe that's sexual assault these yeah. days. I'm not 100% sure. Yep, you'd end up in jail. Yeah. Did you ever. Okay, so. We should bring beer bongs back in bars because that long tubing will keep you six feet so away the from the bartender. It, yeah, you have to have six feet of tubing. There you go, three feet, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. guarantee the person would be far enough away from you who's pouring the beer into the funnel. Oh, I was so COVID-safe beer bongs. Yeah. yeah, but they would not be reusable. You'd have to have your own. 
Disposable, whatever. We could do that. Disposable? After you put all that effort into a beer bong, we're going to put your name on it, for God's sakes. We're going to be hanging those suckers from the ceiling. Going to bronze it. Wear it around your neck. (laughs) We could tell who drinks a lot around here, Cheese. Yeah, really? When you talk about, yeah, wearing it around your bleeping neck. Unbelievable. Well, I, I, I... I, I, I see the posit again, positivity rate going up. Mayor Lightfoot's blaming it on you damn kids again in Lincoln Park, Old Town, Dunning, and Portage Park, saying that they're uh, out there living their lives, being normal. And here's one of the it, – isn't this one of the fundamental problems? We told younger people that you're not as susceptible to getting sick or being hospitalized or dying, worst-case scenario – than older people. And so they went, okay, this is an old person thing. It's like it's like Alzheimer's. What do I need to worry about that? I'm 18 years old. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, They think about it as this is something that affects older people. It's about nursing homes. It's about grandma and granddad. It's not about me. Although there have been some deaths in that younger there have been. Mm-hmm. There have age been. group as well. But I just don't, I think the message to them was, eh. You're cool. You can go out. Eh. Yeah. I could also get hit by lightning. That's true. By the way, I've been hit by lightning. Did you know that? No. It explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hit by lightning. I have been. On the truth. Like, I'm in a lightning survivors group on Facebook. Oh, Did God. your hair on your arm kind of like stick up All on my end? Hair stood up when I got hit. Yeah. Uh, no, right before it happened. Yes. How'd you get hit? I was on fishing, a golf course? fishing on a, a nickel like this. Nick, will I get any credit for this? 14 years old. Fishing on an aluminum bass boat. <gasps> During a thunderstorm. <laughs> nice. Because my dad told me the fish bite more when it's raining. Mm-hmm. How's that relationship with is, your dad? The reality is my dad was in the motorhome drinking and playing, <laughs> cards, playing cards with his buddy <laughs> when my brother and I got hit by lightning standing wow. on an aluminum bass boat. Was it a metal motorhome he was in? He didn't get hit. Just the bass boat. Just the bass boat. That's horrible. <laughs> what was the conversation when you rode back in? Smoking. You're like, like in the TV. Like Honestly, you're like smoking. Yeah. Hey, Dad. You're fine. You're fine. Don't tell your mother. You're fine. Don't tell your mother or we're never going fishing again. Yeah. My mother learned about it 25 years later. I believe it. <laughs> 25 years later, I brought it up at a Thanksgiving dinner. And my mom was like, what? I go, remember when Scott and I got hit by lightning? You guys never got hit by lightning. Scott goes, yeah, we did. Was she mad? Wow. She was living. Oh, yeah. Imagine. That's living. Yeah. Anyway, so, all right. I don't know how we got onto lightning. I obviously don't even know how we got to that point. But you know what? We were just talking about some of the restrictions. Maybe not moving in the right direction, and Nick Gale has the latest on that. Yeah, you guys talking about what's happening in the city. What's happening in the state of Illinois is that that bridge phase. Happy Cesar Chavez Day. Did you know that? Is it really? Today, Cesar Chavez Day. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah. Leave it to me. I know. It's (laughs) that Mexican blood flowing through my (laughs) German Texan body. Uh, I'm Bruce. There's Wendy. He's Cheese. And Wendy, I don't know if you know this or not, but we've been trying to celebrate some of the amazing restaurants, the the, the culinary heritage Mm -hmm. of Chicago. So every single day at this time, we all get together and do a little piece we call... Wendy! <laughs> Hold on, do it again. That was pretty. Oh, that was good, though. It was, it was, good. It was good, good, you guys. Do it one more time. We hit it better. We can do it better. Wendy! 
Oh, nailed it that time. Yeah. You guys harmonize oh, very yeah. well. Yeah. We're time. taking it out on the road. Voice of an angel. Really, absolutely. Doesn't rhyme as well as Judy, but that's... Joining us right now is Steve Stroll with Lyrica. Now, if you haven't heard of Lyrica, it's okay, because Lyrica is brand new. Steve, welcome. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on here. Lyrica is located inside Sable, and Sable is that brand new hotel on... Navy Pier. Look at that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So Sable Hotel um, is part of the Hilton family at the Hilton Curio Collection Hotel. Uh, we just opened two weeks ago at Navy Pier. It's actually the only thing open at Navy Pier currently. Uh, so good way to kind of take in Navy Pier without the crowds that you might typically see. Okay. Um, and then Lyrica is the restaurant that's within the Sable Hotel. Question for you. It will end up operating uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, But currently we're serving dinner to the public and hotel guests and then breakfast to hotel guests currently. Got it. Question for you. So the pier had been closed. I mean, you you couldn't even, like, chain link fence. Do you know what I'm saying? So you're (laughs) telling me that it's open now, and I I can go down Navy Pier to get to the Sable Hotel. Yeah, so the only, the Navy Pier is still closed technically. The only people that can actually get onto the pier are people that have reservations at the hotel or reservations at Lyrica. Got um, it. But we've actually, we actually think it's a good selling point because it's the only time really in history that you'll be able to experience Navy Pier and kind of have it to yourself. To yourself? Yeah. Absolutely. That's nice. So tell us a little bit about the menu. Lyrica comiendo con ritmo. Wow. What? I do a good job with good. that. Huh? I rolled my R even in there. Just... Yeah, so again, we're we're trying to do something a little bit different that, you know, Navy Pier hasn't seen before. Um, you know, a lot of the other restaurants tend to be, you know, more tourist-driven, and we think that this can actually be a Chicago food destination um, for people that live in the city. Uh, there, there's a great kind of mix of Latin cuisine, Spanish cuisine, South American cuisine, Um we're focusing on, you know, fresh ingredients. We're fo- focusing on local farmers. Um, so, so things that you might see in other kind of River North West Loop restaurants. Wendy, do you have anything? I'm just looking at the whole red snapper. Um, will someone at the table help me figure out how to get the bones out of it? <laughs> and so we actually serve it boneless. It comes, it can come out head on, tail on, uh, but we serve it boneless and we serve it with some tortillas and accoutrements, so you can kind of make your own little fish tacos with it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it turns into a fun family table dish. Uh, So kind of that section of the menu, we have three options there that are meant to be more family style. So we're doing a whole red snapper. We're doing either a half chicken or full chicken, Spanish-style fried chicken. Um, And then we're also doing these beautiful bone-in beef short ribs. Same idea, kind of serving with tortillas, accoutrements, salsas. Um, and you can order either one pound or two pound and, again, kind of make these short rib tacos with it. We're talking to Steve Stroll of Lyrica, the new restaurant inside the new hotel on Navy Pier. Sable is the name of the of the hotel. Steve, where does your, your passion for food come from? Where, what is your background? Uh, so I've been in the restaurant industry really my whole life in, in Chicago for the last 10 years. So. I've worked with some other large restaurant groups in the city, Boca Restaurant Group and Hogsall, um, and I've come over 
to Maverick Restaurants and Hotels, which runs both Sable Hotel, Lyrica Restaurant, and then we also operate, which will open next month, a large rooftop at Navy Pier, offshore rooftop and bar. Wow. All righty. Well, I can only imagine that it's a pretty interesting time to be opening a restaurant. It's an interesting time to be opening a hotel at the same time. How are you guys overcoming some of those unique challenges? Yeah, I mean, we, we feel hopefully that Chicago is kind of coming out of this phase where hospitality has, has really been hit so hard. And it's obviously been a brutal, brutal year for both hotels and restaurants. Um, but, you know, we feel we felt confident with the opening date and felt confident with the opening of Sable Hotel without Navy Pier being open. And, and honestly, it's it's been really received well so far. We The hotel, the occupancies are exceeding our expectations. We're seeing a lot of locals come out and have staycations. I think we're currently benefiting from spring breaks that are happening at the elementary schools. Um, but overall, both, you know, both at the hotel and at the restaurant, so far we're exceeding what our expectations were with the pier being closed. And I'm telling you something, when the weather starts warming up, that is the greatest place to go and look at the water. And Bruce learned today that even though there's sunshine, it can still be a little cold in Chicago. (laughs) But it will be warming up, and we just need to get near the water. So congratulations and good luck to you. Yeah, I mean, it's on these beautiful days that we're we're seeing here and there where it gets into the mid-60s and mid-70s. Yeah. It really is great, and it feels like an escape out here, and you get a great vantage point of the city. And like I said, currently, you, you're not having to deal with the crowds either, which is a huge built-in benefit. Make your reservations now, LyricaRestaurant.com. It'll give you the excuse also to have the pier to yourself. Yeah. Steven, thank you. parking at the pier currently, too. Oh, get out. That's worth it. Okay, that's a right bonus there, yeah. right there. Hold on, just go to do it so you can get free parking. You can say the one <laughs> time you did. never happened. Steven, thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. He's Steven Stroll with Lyrica, the new restaurant in the new hotel. Did you even know there was a hotel now on Navy Pier? God, there is. great... Great views from that. Yeah, and while they be. talk about a rooftop bar oh, opening man. up. Oh my goodness! There's gonna be a line the out the door for that. Yeah. You don't feel like you're in Chicago. I mean, listen, no, I you want to see the city, but I feel like being from here. I'm like on vacation. Yeah. It's just so cool hanging out there. Well, there is a new reason to head out to Navy Pier again. The pier itself, only because I that's my hood. Yeah, I'm a resident of Streeterville, by the way. Come for the pier, stay for the tussle, and. <laughs> I'm going to pause every time you laugh at me. Uh, That's two. And I've been down. I've been down there. <laughs> and and I wanted to go walk down the pier. Yeah. I'm like, there's a fence. Yeah. So at like least a penitentiary. Now, at least now there's a in. gate like- where I can get through if I've got my reservations to Lyrica. Ooh. So we call this uh, segment where we celebrate all things restaurateur-ish. Wendy. Wendy. Okay. Did you join in? Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. I like you, too. (laughs) Speaking of restaurants, what's going on at Manny's Deli? Have you heard about the little bit of the promotion slash contest they've been running? Let me put it nicely. It hasn't been going well. Okay? (laughs) We're going to talk about it coming up next on 890 WLS. What do you have when you tell me what I need to have when I go to Manny's? Uh, I get the combo pastrami corned beef on rye with horseradish on the side. Some matzo ball soup. Okay, you you this you're not new to this. Oh right no, now. no, it's good. Yeah. So Manny's said they would give away 
1,000 sandwiches. If customers could keep their masks on for 30 days. If they didn't have to tell somebody. Oh, for 30 days in a row. To wear your mask. Okay. So it lasted a couple of hours, obviously. Oh. Yeah. They really couldn't get past a couple of hours without somebody coming in without a mask. and this. So, you know, is what it is. Now, somebody came forward and paid for, donated, so that they could give away a thousand free sandwiches. They did that yesterday. You are so nice, Aww. Bruce. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, but the mask challenge kind of shows some of the, the difficulties in general. Because here's something that I've seen. And I think it's an important distinction. And it's one that people need to learn. Even if you were to live, we have a lot of, we have a lot of people that listen in Texas or Florida. Of course. Oh, yeah. Huge. Sure. We're, we're big in. Yeah. Palm Beach. Palm Beach. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where they don't have a mask mandate. Yeah. Or a governor has rescinded the mask mandate. You've heard that. Indiana got rid of their mask mandate, Boom, right? April 1st. Yeah. Starting tomorrow. Right. Starting tomorrow. You don't need to wear a mask in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Except in any private business that says you have to wear a mask. Because that's their business to request that. Yeah. No shirt, no shoes, right. no yeah, mask. I thought you were going to say something else and you said no sh- Yeah. Sherlock, yeah. followed by Sherlock. The problem is you've put restaurants, you've put the serve. It's usually like the host or the yeah. hostess. Oh, yeah. You've made them the mask police. And I can't tell you how many people I've already seen. I've seen it with my own eyes. Because I travel a lot, you know that. Mm-hmm. Well, the governor says I don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, well, the governor doesn't own Applebee's. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, the governor can't tell Applebee's how to run their restaurant. The governor can't tell Starbucks what that. No. If they have a mask mandate, they have, you can choose not to eat there, not exactly. to go. Be my guest. But private business yeah. can run their business how they choose to. Separate the two of them. Just because the governor said you didn't have to wear a mask doesn't mean Home Depot doesn't have a mask policy. And just because you got vaccinated or you think that things are better doesn't mean Manny's doesn't require a mask, which they do. And they can't go more than a couple hours without somebody violating their mask policy. Might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to absolute heck in a handbasket. Well, guess what? Wendy Snyder, filling in for Judy Pie today, says she can restore your faith in humanity. I can. We are going down to uh, Alton, Illinois, where I don't know if you have to wear a mask or not. Yeah. Uh, an employee at Schnucks. <laughs> you heard of Schnucks? Supermarket chain. <laughs> Supermarket. Oh, never heard of it. Knows it. Okay. Uh, Schnucks. Went to school down there. All right. Ah, nice. Uh, he, an employee, was at the right place at the right time when there was a little baby in trouble. What? Alton courtesy clerk Ben Mazer, who worked at Schnucks, was on cart duty. Okay. And he quickly realized that something was wrong. He saw a runaway cart with a passenger in it. He saved the baby. The mom was drug tested him. (laughs) (laughs) He stopped what he was doing. He put his bong down and ran. We drug tested him. Come on, he is a hero. Ben Mazer is a hero. We salute him today. How do we know they just weren't putting their cart back and just left the baby in it? Well, they have a slanted parking lot, so the carts Good roll fast. Good for him. When you say, uh, if you see a cart toes. 
you see a grocery cart flying through the 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 the, the parking lot, and there's a little little maggot strapped in it. Yeah. Call it he, a doesn't maggot. Stri- he doesn't strike me like he would have moved quickly, he, though, to do anything, no. did he? It was probably a slow-moving cart. Had right. to be. That guy, right. did. he didn't sound like right. it. <laughs> it had a twisted oh, wheel, so it yeah. just, play, you know. Play him again real quick. You tell me. <laughs> Hold on. Got two martini lunch there. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I was He's dealing. a hero. What have you guys done today? <laughs> no, didn't save any babies. I ate two I'll bags of Funyuns. You did. <laughs> Good for you. You are a hero in your own right. <laughs> Hey, thank you guys for spending some time with us today. Wendy, thank you for filling in for Judy today. We thank appreciate you for letting it. letting me. Outstanding. Hope you had a fun time. I did. I had a blast. We appreciate it. We also appreciate MG over in Mission Control. He presses all the buttons, makes things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the <laughs> double pane bulletproof class. DJ Cheese on the ones and twos. And Nick Gale. He's been doing a great job all morning. He continues. He commits to doing a great job to you moving forward. He'll, <laughs> he'll go ahead and give you the news, the traffic, the weather, the information, everything you need to know he's coming up next right here on 890 WLS.